inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, we get a little bit of reprieve from the playoff pressure and the uh, the old Mercury, too. Uh, nice to be in uh, double digits uh, again today as you just uh, get a chance to relax. Uh, going into Game 5 tomorrow, VGK against the Colorado Avalanche. Series is tied at 2. Ryan Wallace calls it a best of 3, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, two of the three games uh, slated for Ball Arena in Denver It will be Tuesday in Denver, Thursday at T-Mobile, and if necessary, Saturday back in the Mile High City for Game 3 or 7, whatever your preference is uh, from the series as we dive into this thing. It's been a homer series so far, 2-2, two, two, and then it's 1-1-1 one, one, one as they go back and forth. Uh, Ryan Wallace, uh, as you continue to uh, peruse this series... Who do you think the best player for the Golden Knights has been in the second round? You know, it, it's an interesting question for sure. And for me, um, I, I look at William Carlson, right? Like, I think that William Carlson's been so, so strong for the Golden Knights. I know Jonathan Marcheseau has the 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 goals of the la- recently over the last couple of games. But, you know, that line, for me, the Misfits have been so, so good and I think William Carlson's been fantastic for the Golden Knights in, in every facet of the game. Um, defensively, he's been so strong. He's been creating offense, great on the forecheck. I've loved William Carlson's game in this series. I've enjoyed that line immensely and the last couple of games even more so, not just because they've scored, but because it feels like we've been talking about them for months uh, and saying, like, look, they're playing great. They're generating chances. They're just not getting as much out of it as they should. Well, the last couple of games, they're getting everything they can out of it. 100%. And, you know, I I think that for me, like, we've we've talked about them for such a long time, and we know – how connected those three players are, how much chemistry they have with one another. And, you know, I, I think that in a, in a series like this that is, is really built on pressure and speed, those three guys knowing where each other are going to be, knowing just how, how connected they are in the offensive zone and in the neutral zone, it's allowed them to, to really kind of reap the benefits of, of this series and, and find the back of the net. And it couldn't happen at a better time for the Golden Knights for those three players to get hot. You know, William Carlson is sort of the conscious of the line. Uh, then you look at, uh, at Jonathan Marcheseau as being the, uh, the energy of the line. Uh, I think the heartbeat of that line, is Riley Smith. And you may be surprised uh, that I would say that, but uh, he, when he gets going, it feels like everybody gets going. Uh, Marsh so can get on yeah. the odd hot streak. Uh, Carlson can uh, can had to have, a, have a couple of good games individually. But when they start playing great as a unit, it's usually when Ryan Smith has his game going in the right direction. Yeah, he's such a, a vital piece to that line. We we talk about again his ability to get in and, and create 
that constant pressure up the ice. He's such a responsible player defensively as well. And he, he can finish, right? Like we know that Riley Smith can finish um, in tight on breakaways. He's, he's got a, a good shot to the point where um, he's, he's able to beat a goalie that way. And he'll go to the front of the net. He's not afraid to do that either. So, um, yeah, you're not wrong. Like those three guys work so well together. Um, William Carlson's great. Riley Smith is great, and we we know Jonathan Marcheseau. When it comes to uh, needing a big goal, Marcheseau's your guy. And what I love about those three players in particular is they can wreak havoc uh, on a forecheck without throwing a body check. And yeah. and it's it's not usually the case. Usually you, you get in there, you're heavy, you finish your check, you make the, the, the defender uh, panic, uh, happy feet a little bit. But but they can forecheck and they can read the opposition. And it happened yesterday uh, on, on on the first goal where they just found a way to to react and, and get the – they scored two goals off it. Uh, they, they reacted uh, off it. And that is impressive. The hockey IQ of all three players is impressive that can lead to that type of pressure. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like the way that they work together down low in the offensive zone is, is just – really really good because it's kind of an extension of what they do in the neutral zone right like it's kind of an extension of of kind of the angles that they take and the way that they're able to to generate speed but they're also they, they're really capable of doing that down low in the corners in the offensive zone and creating these these pockets where they've got time and space and you know you, you kind of see it on Jonathan Marcheseau's goal where uh you you get a good strong forecheck you get a turnover and Marcheseau's in front of the net Riley Smith is able to find him and you know there's there's plays that they make down low that is is a product of their ability to move move quickly and apply pressure in in waves as as a two man unit down low that you know, I think puts them above the rest in terms of, of cohesiveness within a line. Yeah, you know, the the best I've ever seen at it uh, is, this will come as a shock to you, uh, the Sedins, the way that they were able to cycle <laughs> the puck. And they just had that cycle where they could, they could kill yeah. you for 65 seconds cycling the puck uh, in the corner, the Sedin cycle. Well, uh, Carlson, Smith, and Marsh, so do a similar thing, but different one they do it a whole lot faster like it's not just yeah. in the corner uh repeatedly it's all over it's behind the net uh, uh it's it's up top it can be across seam and they and they don't use their feet as much as they move the puck fast uh, the Sedin cycle was with feet banking on the boards and and go through it when they were doing when they were at the height and you couldn't do anything about it. They were strong, they were powerful. They and they they always had that uh, that danger of of spinning off the cycle and taking it right to the net. And you always guarded against that. And and, and as a result, you you gave them the with the the breath uh, breath on the on the wall and and the room on 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 the wall. Well, uh, the the third person involved in this when when they're going good and they are going good right now with that misfit line. Uh, it's it's so dangerous and, and a great pickup by you on on the uh, the idea to use the word quickly because they do it so fast. 
you know, and and I I also like the fact that they're they're bringing the puck off the wall and they are going to the net. Mm-hmm. Like there are often times within a game, right, where where you're content to to grind along the boards, you're content to grind below the goal line because you know that based on whatever the matchup is, you're spending time in the offensive zone, and whoever is on the ice opposite you, they're not in the offensive zone. And for me, like it, it, it while that can be very beneficial in certain periods of the game. Uh, you still want to score, right? You still the objective is still to find the back of the net. And I, what I've loved most about Riley, Jonathan Marcheseau, and William Carlson is that, in terms of their cycling down low, it's almost always for a purpose, and that purpose is almost always to bring the puck to the net for a scoring chance. And I think that's why they've been so good is they haven't been afraid to bring the puck off the wall, get it to the front of the net, and then create a little bit of havoc. Well, I, the the Sedin default was on the boards. And then they would uh, pick their spot and take it to the net. Uh, I think yeah. it's the exact opposite uh, with with these three. Is their default is take it to the net, and if they need to, if it's not there, they'll 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 move it around a little bit. But they want to generate uh, chances. We had uh, two wins uh, for the VGK at home uh, to tie the series up at two wins apiece against the Colorado Avalanche in this uh, highly anticipated and it is delivering West Division final. Uh, do you want to do the ratings? As separate games, or do we do them as one complete package? In the past, you've always wanted to go separate, but the games were similar in in a nature, uh, at least territorially, analytically, uh, and and they were both wins. So I'll give you the option, Ryan. Do you want to do the ratings uh, together or separate? Yeah, we're we're gonna do them together because I think that uh, going with a different rating for those games individually is just the wrong decision. They're both Bob Rosses. Like yeah. I I don't know how you look at the Golden Knights through game three and game four and determine that it's anything but a Bob Ross. From buy-in to the game plan to execution, everything is exactly where you want it to be right now. Can I give you one reason Knights. why you wouldn't uh, just go automatically Bob Rosses? Go for it. Okay, because it's uh, it's 11 minutes after the hour, and we're supposed to okay. go another 14 minutes in this segment. <laughs> so that was that would be the one reason why it's just a blanket Bob Ross. But but continue on. Well, we you I, like I understand your point, but we've also got Chris Chapman, who at some point here is going to disagree with me, and we'll probably give Game Three. Like a like a finger paint because they had to come back in the third period because you know you shouldn't ever have to come back in a game right. in which it's a Bob Ross and which our, then talks which then talks him out of giving you know game four a Bob Ross because the Golden Knights had to come from one goal down to to win five to one and I've already one, clarified he didn't watch game four yeah that's a good point so listen I I think they're Bob Rosses I, I again I, I look at this team I look at the Golden Knights I, I look at how they've played over the last eight periods. I love where they're at in this series, and Game 5 is going to be tough. But right now, I think the Golden Knights are, are so locked into what they're doing. They're so connected, and I think they're as connected as they've been all year long that I just like where they're at, and I think they've got a great shot in this series, uh, especially in Game 5 of, of 
getting this to a point where they can close it out on home ice. I, I will say that to what, one of the greatest turnarounds uh, that I've been involved in in watching uh, firsthand were those two, two, two goals in the third period on Friday night, which uh, just uh, blew the roof off the place. And then yesterday, uh, going down one nothing despite badly outplaying the Avalanche in the first five minutes and still staying with it and just continuing to pour it on. Uh, I, I go Bob Ross as well for, for both games. I also want to put a little cherry on top. And this is to the people in Section 120, uh, where I sat on Friday night and uh, where my family sat yesterday. Uh, I just want to give them a big stick tap uh, for, one, keeping it keeping it clean and, and having some fun, uh, but but also with the energy that they bought. And and I don't know the gentleman's name who sat uh, right in front of me, but he was a machine. And I <laughs> I don't know how many calories this dude and his uh, and his significant other burned during the course of the game, but I've never been chirped by people on on the same side as what I'm cheering for. Uh, as and and rooting for in the game, but he was all over it. When people weren't cheering, it wasn't like if you're not cheering, uh, you're gonna get chirped. If you're not cheering loud enough, this guy was giving it to you, and <laughs> and he was he was trying to start a go nights go chant, and and he stops. Oh, and he's like go nights, and not not enough people were getting involved with him, and he just stops and and looks around and goes people, it's three words. It's as simple as you get. Can you not give me a go nights go? And, and I couldn't even do the go nights go chant because I was laughing so hard at uh, at his enthusiasm and his sense of humor. And and he got everybody going. And there was a couple of Avalanche fans around. Uh, and uh, and uh, I will say that uh, that they. They were a little bit naive as to how the series was going to go. They kind of figured that it was over, and it was a big pot of cold water right over their heads to to see what happened in the third period uh, <laughs> on Friday night. But they would try like try and get avalanche chance going. Seriously, like wow. wear your sweater. That's fine, but all you're doing is is making a fool of yourself in in that building. In trying to get a go night, and people would would react with good sense of humor and good fun uh, back and forth. So the people in section 120 over at T-Mobile, right below the castle, uh, below uh, Katie Marie and, and Chinook uh, and company, uh, big like it was awesome. And and I don't get a chance to do that very often where I where I sit in the seats. I think it was 2004 the last time my wife and I sat in seats uh, for a game as as fans, uh, which is not very often. Uh, and it was it was enjoyable and uh, and just w- well done, people. Fun, clean, and uh, and enthusiastic. So there's uh, Bob Ross for both the 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 game and and the fans in section 120. Chapman, this comes to you. Now we've kind of laid it out for you. You have two avenues to go here. Mm-hmm. You can disappoint us by being. <laughs> relatively on board with society or you can come through with what we'd expect from you and go a different path. Well, you know, I have to ruin the party. So you're going to be you yesterday. Yesterday was, was a Bob Ross. I mean, they, they, they played a great game <laughs> okay. from, from start to finish. All right. I don't care that they were down one, nothing the way they responded, the way they dominated that game, clearly Bob Ross. But 
we're forgetting about Friday night. The game was in doubt with five minutes to go. And it took a little bit of a fluky goal from Jonathan Marcheseau for them that's to not tie a that fluky game. goal. Listen, it's not a fluky you, goal. You, you hit it in off the back of the goalie's leg. He was trying to do that. I, he may have been. No, he it's, was. It's a ping pong shot. It's it's like pinball. Good on him. I'm not going to go too low. It's it's a wine and paint. I mean, it was a great game from start to finish, but the game was in doubt with five minutes to go. There there was no guarantee with what 55 minutes played that the Golden Knights were winning that game. It almost seemed like a repeat of game two where they were the better team and, and they somehow end up on the wrong side of the scoreboard. It felt like it for a while, didn't it? It did. But, I mean, look, they, they, they played great both games. So I'm going to go on the higher end of a wine and paint. And if there's, like, something in the middle of a wine and paint and a Bob Ross, I'll, I'll give it that. But I, I, I got to know because I tweeted it out. But we're putting the games together as one rating. You may, yeah, you so, miss so, that part? so it's 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 skewed because it's in the middle of a wine and paint and a Bob Ross. But there we're, isn't any middle. Whatever, there's whatever no, they average no out to be. Chat, Chapman, Chapman yes. let me ask you a question. Yes. In the last six periods of hockey in this series. Golden Knights have been the better team. They've been the better team for the last eight, eight periods of hockey. Has it been close? I don't think so. Have they lost a period? No, not, not in the last two games. They didn't, no. Okay. Bob Ross. But results matter. Results matter. And, and they yeah, got they the got results. the results in they the last the two results. games. Like, so, yes, they do. And they got them. Who do, who's your, uh, who do you think has been the best player for the Golden Knights in the series? I, I was going to say William Carlson as well. But a guy who I think has kind of floated under the radar is, is having a really good series. And that's Alex Petrangelo. He 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 was really good yesterday, mm-hmm. I thought. And he was really good on, on Friday night. And he 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 doesn't have the, the goal to show for it. But... It looks like maybe he's kind of coming into his own as being the guy that we expected. I mean, he's, he's had a pretty good series. I, I also think that Max Pacioretty has to get some 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 credit as well because five straight games and he scored. He's got points in five straight games. So that's pretty cool, too. So I think Pacioretty and Petrangelo have both had really good series. But for me, the guy's been William Carlson for all the reasons Ryan laid out. You don't want to name any more players? I mean, Nick Nick well, I, Nick, Nick Holden's Nick had a really good, good series, and and he he missed he hasn't played in all four <laughs> games in the series, and he's been really good in the series. So, I mean, he's a guy who who should be mentioned as well. You sure you don't want to mention any more players? I mean, I can name a. I, no, you've mentioned four, so I just I just asked you who the best no, player. No, well, I mean, I I, I can't I can't just say the same guy as Ryan. That makes it boring. You were you were the guy. Oh, it's only five eleven. We got to fill more time. So. Is that what I sound like? No, I, I can't get as high and nasally as, as you do. Oh, but yeah. really, yeah. try yeah. give That's me give point. me a little give me a little a Darren Millard impression. Give me a little bit of Darren Millard impression. Nice. Oh, that's that's fantastic radio right there. <laughs> that's awesome. Well done. Uh, we're going Chapman, to. You uh, should have just played a drop. Yeah. Oh well, I, I I've got some of those. I have to say, you're a cool cat here. There. You're a cool cat here. That's good. Do you think they've slayed the dragon, and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some some supper? That's good, yep. eh? 
That's like good, that. eh? Nobody, nobody ever, nobody ever had that one uh, until I got here. Uh, we're going to take a break. You are terrible. When we come back, yes, he's terrible. Uh, when we come back, uh, update you on what's happening between Boston and the New York Islanders, and there could be the first appearance in the Final Four, and it comes from a surprise division. It's when we continue the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. A little bit longer on the VGK Insider Show with our one-timers today because there's a, a bunch to run down after a busy weekend. First up, should the Vegas Golden Knights win the West Division, the Golden Knights will travel to Canada for the third round. Uh, the Canadian government yes. uh, making that exemption on the weekend, and they will allow the winner of the West Division to travel to either Winnipeg or Montreal for the third round. Uh, it's already set up because of the way that the, uh, the point totals uh, are from the regular season. So uh, the winner of Montreal-Winnipeg faces the survivor of Vegas and Colorado, and they'll cross over. That'll be the first time that teams travel back and forth in any major professional sport. Uh, Baseball is not doing it. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays playing in Buffalo and Dunedin. Uh, The Toronto Raptors played down south uh, in Tampa Bay uh, this year. And uh, uh, as far as I know, there's still no NFL team in Canada. Uh, so this this will be just a big step, uh, getting closer to to normal. Now the team that wins and goes to can to Canada will have to play in a bubble type environment, in the sense of it will be a dedicated hotel, no mingling with the public. So even if players like uh, go to Montreal and they've got family in Montreal, can't see them. You're, you'll be tested every day. Right now they're not tested every day if they're vaccinated. Uh, uh, it'll be back to that bubble-type scenario. But huge news that the the border opens up, and I I look at it as maybe the government's going to open up the border to the rest of society a a little bit sooner. Uh, But there you go. Don't know know whether broadcasters, (laughs) thinking for myself, uh, will be able to go back and forth, (laughs) but uh, at least the players. And I think that's huge. Like It would have just been uh, a shame if, uh, if Winnipeg played out of Arizona for the third round, which was what we were talking about, or uh, or Vegas, all seven games played in, in Vegas. Uh, just wouldn't have been, just wouldn't have had the right feel. Uh, big, big step, uh, Ryan. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, obviously, that's, that's huge news for either Winnipeg or Montreal, but, I mean, let's be honest here. I think we know which team's probably going to win that series. Um, it's, it's huge. Like, you mentioned, you're you're in the final four right like you win that series in the north division you're in the final four and it would be an absolute shame to be that close to a stanley cup and not be able to play your home games in your building and i think that this is a a great step and it's going to be great for the montreal Canadiens to host some playoff games in their building in the third round oh you're you're going there i mean it's three nothing, Derek. Three nothing. The Montreal Canadiens lead the Winnipeg Jets in the North yeah. Division final. Three games mm-hmm. to none, and it's yep. one nothing halfway through the first period in Game Four. Is this a uh, 
crowning achievement, a coronation for the Montreal Canadiens, or this is this Winnipeg just uh, setting up the comeback of all comebacks? It's not that. It okay. is okay. The, th- this is the Montreal Canadiens doing something that you know only the Montreal Canadiens could do this year in the playoffs, and that was beat the Toronto Maple Leafs because, of course, they would, right? And then sweep the team that swept Connor McDavid. Like, could you imagine just putting that on the map? Like, if you were going to just create banners, that's the banner that I want Montreal to create. We beat the Leafs in seven and swept the team that swept Connor McDavid. That's a great banner. Are you any closer after watching what Montreal has done in winning six consecutive games now and knocking on the door of number seven to eliminate uh, the the Winnipeg Jets? Are you any closer to feeling like Montreal could compete with Vegas or Colorado? So, like, here's the thing, and it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I actually just well, I'm got an interesting uh, person. A, it well. Or you're just paying attention to Twitter because somebody uh, you, asked me that I don't do that. I leave that up to you. Specifically on Twitter right now. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, can, can do I think Montreal can compete with with either Colorado or Vegas? Uh, the, the short answer is yes, of course, because they're here, right? Like there's at least some respect that the Montreal Canadiens should get for beating the Leafs and for eventually beating the Winnipeg Jets. Um, should should they take care of business tonight and getting to the final four? Like, I don't think you can really scoff at that or say that they don't belong. They played within the structure of the season the same way the Golden Knights have and the Colorado Avalanche have. And, you know, I don't think their division was particularly strong, but you have, you know, the two of the best players in the league in that division, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. So you get some credit there. That being said, I think the Golden Knights, I think the Colorado Avalanche are an absolute different animal than Toronto, than Winnipeg. Um, And I think that, you know, the Montreal Canadiens will will try to make it as tough as possible, but I don't see them winning in the third round. I don't see them beating either Colorado or Vegas four out of seven times in a best-of-seven series. I just don't see it. A scout told me yesterday uh, after the people were filing out of the building at T-Mobile. He looked at me and just shook his head and said, whoever wins here, just give them the trophy. Just give them the... <laughs> meaning, two best teams. Now, yeah, they, they are the two best teams. Uh, the reason why I think Montreal has a shot is because I didn't think that they had any chance against the Winnipeg Jets. Zero. And... Yeah. Uh, and they've gone out and they've run the table. And it hasn't been by just flukes. And uh, don't give me the whole Mark Shifley is out and that that's why. Like, it, it goes, one player should not make the entire difference, uh, even though he's 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 so important. Winnipeg does rely on him. You've seen that the last two postseasons where he wasn't available against the Calgary Flames and they uh, weren't able to be as effective and, and now in this series. But boy, oh boy, uh, I, I thought Winnipeg would have put up... Uh, I thought Winnipeg was going to win the series handily, and it's gone the exact yeah. opposite. So that's why I'll give give Montreal a, a fighter's chance in in the third round. Certainly not a favorite, and I'd be shocked. There's something about it, man. Every now and then, like I'll go back to 1993, and yeah. oh. and that March and those ten overtime. I know it was against uh, LA, but 
they found some way, and and they weren't uh, a great team by any means. Uh, 1986, they weren't a great team. Jean Perron was yeah. the coach. Jean Perron coached the 1986 Montreal Canadiens to the Stanley Cup. He never coached again in the league. I, they, they found lightning in a bottle with with with, with Patrick Waugh and, uh, and, and coming up. Like every now and then, Montreal does this. It's been uh, a real gap between now and then, and every now and then. But sometimes when I just get this feeling right now of of hockey gods are are on board. That said, I didn't think they had a chance against Winnipeg. I'm wrong there, and I'm even more definitive. Against whoever wins the in the wins the West, it's still one Listen, nothing. The only reason I'm not saying absolutely no chance is because you have to leave yourself an out here, and you've got to leave yourself an out because of what you just said. They're they're going to be the team, right? Like they are going to come out of the North, and they've done it by beating Toronto, which I think some people kind of expected was going to happen when it was three one Toronto. And the wins didn't the, – the, the Maple Leafs couldn't find that fourth win. Like, it just kind of felt inevitable. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I thought Winnipeg was, was the better team between the two. Um, and it just hasn't worked out that way. And, and for the Montreal Canadiens, like, who knows? Carey Price can come in and he can steal a game and you can get goalied. Like, all those things could happen. But – like I, I don't see it. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's plausible. But I, I didn't give possible. myself an out. I didn't give myself an out in this second round series. I and am. it's gonna. And, oh no, I did. I didn't. Winnipeg. Oh, oh, oh I, yeah. was, I was all in Winnipeg. <laughs> who's gonna win? And that's 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 why you leave yourself an out because uh, yeah. I got roasted on this. Um, uh, do you guys know what cameo is? Yes. Yes. Do you want to explain yes. it to uh, to people? Okay, so like. You know, if, if you wanted Chris Chapman to, like, do his do a personal catching up with Chapman for you mm-hmm. and Chapman was on Cameo, you could send him money. It's like agreed upon fees. And then Chapman would have a certain amount of time where he would record a message, whether it be just video or audio, and then he would send it to that person. So if I wanted to contract Chapman to do a cameo for Darren just to annoy Darren every single day, mm-hmm. that would be money well spent. But that is more or less what cameo is. Okay, I've been asked to do uh to join cameo uh from the Canadian yeah. division and I haven't done it yet. And part of me wonders like who's going to pay for me to either wish you a happy birthday or roast you or whatever. But there's part of me that thinks It'd be kind of fun and do it. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more on board with doing it after what I just witnessed in the last hour. Uh, a guy that used to play in the National Hockey League by the name of Sean Avery. And uh, he had a, <laughs> if you don't know Sean Avery, Google him. Uh, he's, uh, he's the only player that Rick Tocca told me that uh, when Rick Tocca was coaching the Tampa Bay Lightning, Rick agreed to go fight after the game. <laughs> like, Rick was coaching, Avery was playing, and Rick said, okay, I'll meet you out back after the game. Like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go. Like, he had that effect on people. Uh, he had effect on his own team. He had effect on the other team. He, they invented, they created rules uh, for Sean Avery. 
about screening the yeah. goaltender, and uh, he was he's been suspended for vulgar and insensitive comments uh, by by the National Hockey League. He is an outgoing personality. No, no, no longer plays. Anyway, he's on cameo, and somebody hired him to make a greeting uh, about uh, to to cons- I guess to console a Toronto Maple Leaf yes. fan. It yes. is. Uh, maybe some of the greatest, most entertaining four minutes that you're going to witness, and we're not playing it. Oh no, no we're not gonna we're not gonna play it. But I mean, unless you were gonna try to get us fired, Darren. But that being said, I, I can tweet it out. You can. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, even I do that. It. Good, good for you, uh, because I was I wouldn't <laughs> even do that. Like there's there, there's enough in. But uh, I'll give you, so it's up on my screen on my computer right now. I've checked 22 times since we started one-timers to make sure that my, <laughs> my, my speakers are muted. Just in case, you know how like sometimes the things will just start playing automatically? And I didn't know what this was. I got a, I got a text from a buddy the, this afternoon during hour number one and said, have you seen this? And I clicked on it. And the three of us listened to it together. It's hilarious. And he, I, I'm glad I'm not saying it. Uh, I think there's an element of truth in some of what he's saying. The other part of it, I think he's a whole lot like crosses the line and, and is a little bit dramatic. And he's fulfilling what you're supposed to do on Cameo is, is somebody's paying you to do something. You should put an effort in. And he does put an effort in. Uh, so there's some truth to it. There's some entertainment value. But it's hilarious. Yeah, I, you know, speaking of, of, of somebody that watched Sean Avery a lot throughout his career, that being me, um, he was an L.A. King for a while. Um, the cameo is more or less exactly what Sean Avery was like as a player. Yeah. Just in a video form. You know, he used so, to practice in the mirror, his lines. <laughs> like they'd be on a road trip, and he'd and he'd, and he'd practice them. Yeah, entertaining guy. That's amazing. Uh, a bit of uh, a lightning rod. Like you're, there's uh, if you're in with Sean Avery, you're out with a lot of people. And if you're an uh, anti Sean Avery, you're or, or you're you can't you can't be on both sides of you can't straddle the line with, with Sean. But this. This is pretty darn funny. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, we have a, a start time for Thursday, 6 o'clock Pacific time yes. at T-Mobile Arena. So we're going tomorrow night, game five. Winner takes a 3-2 series lead. Uh, that start time is 6 o'clock as well, Pacific time. Pre-game show on yep. Fox Sports Las Vegas at 5 o'clock with Ryan Wallace. A one-hour yep. edition of the VGK Insider Show, 4 to 5. So I backed it up. Now I'll go 4 to 5, VGK Insider Show. 5 to 6, pre-game show with Ryan Wallace. And uh, face-off just after 6 uh, from uh, Ball Arena with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless in Denver for the call of that one. That's tomorrow night. And the same situation will go on Thursday just the site will be T-Mobile Arena. And somebody will have an opportunity to wrap up the West Division final on Thursday night. If necessary, Game 7, Saturday, back in Denver. 
that's the situation on the, on that front. Uh, congratulations to Team Canada, world champions at the IIHF World Hockey Championship. Mm-hmm. The only team to ever lose its first three games of the World Championship <laughs> and end up winning the gold medal. Team Canada, I believe this is how it went. Went in in uh, in their overall record was three three and one, and Team USA, their overall record was six and one. Team USA won the bronze. Canada wins the gold. <laughs> Team USA's only loss was to Team Canada in the in the semifinal. Weird, eh? It's wonky. I don't like it. It is wonky. It makes my brain hurt. It's very wonky. Uh, Canada won gold to Finland, the silver uh, overtime decision for Team Canada. And uh, and it was a, uh, a bronze medal for Team USA. So congratulations all the way around. And Gerard Glant was the head coach. Mike Kelly uh, and Gerard Glant were the uh, coaches of, of Team Canada. So uh, congratulations on that. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see where Gerard Glant ends up, whether it's Buffalo, whether it's the Rangers, whether it's Seattle, whether it's Columbus. Uh, a few vacancies open right now. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously uh, kind of a, a best-case scenario situation for Gerard Gallant, right? Like, you, you go over there, you win a, a, a championship, and, and now you come back and you're one of the premier, and you've been that for, for a while now, one of the premier coaches available on the market. So I'm very much curious to see where Gerard Gallant ends up next season. Um. I know that Rick Tockett has also interviewed with the New York Rangers and, and Seattle. Yeah. Uh, those two appear to be uh, the front runners. Bruce Boudreaux's name is out there. So f- four four teams sort of taking their time with this process. When when Canada was 0-3, I wonder if uh, Gerard Gallant was wondering, what am I doing here with this uh, <laughs> th- th- this group? And, uh, and Canada, like everybody else, didn't have their normal allotment of players. Uh, but he ends up winning yeah. the gold medal. So congratulations on that front. Uh, the game five between the New York Islanders and Boston Bruins has uh, re- just resumed. It's in the third period in Boston, and yep. the Islanders have a 5-3 lead, trying to take a 3-2 series lead. Who are you cheering for in this series? Are you, uh, you're asking me, yeah. huh? Okay. Um, <sighs> so... All season long, I wanted to be right about the Bruins, and then I wasn't. And now that I'm like coming around to the Bruins and Taylor Hall, yeah. uh, Matt Barzell is going off and just being phenomenal. So uh, I I don't really care who wins this series, honestly. Uh, I'd like to see Taylor Hall in the Final Four. Like I think, I think Taylor Hall has been very good for Boston. But um, if Matt Barzell continues to play like this, then okay, like – that's fine. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't have a, a, a you know raging desire to see one team win over the other. I just have been kind of sitting back and, and watching the series, and it's been pleasantly surprising to me. I, I flip flopped all over the place on this series. One minute I'm cheering for the Bruins, <laughs> next minute I'm rooting for the New York Islanders. There's great stories yeah. on, on both sides. Uh, the goal of the of the night and goal of the series is courtesy of. Uh, of a uh, good friend Brad Marchand, who has uh, scored his sixth. Guy. Yeah, but he was just a beautiful effort tonight. But they're they're down five three. Just the third time ever that these two teams have met. Uh, the last time they played, and I mentioned that uh, that podcast interview I did with with Brad Park and uh, Ken Morrill. 
I did that interview today. The last time they met, Park and Morrow opposed each other in 1983. The New York Islanders won the series, went on to win their fourth straight Stanley Cup, and they upset the President's Trophy-winning Bruins in 1983. What I find intriguing about this is, uh, one, a lot of the language was the same then, as I read, uh, like, backstories about uh, about the series then. Like, a lot of the same language then, now, is, is the same. Quick turnarounds from series and blah, blah, blah. But here's the other part. The Islanders are still playing in the same building. <laughs> like, how long have the yeah. Bruins been in TD Garden? <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, wild. Yeah, that's wild. I, I know I know Chapman is fully fully on board with the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. The big Matt Barzell guy. Absolutely. Uh, New York Islanders leading 5-3, and the Montreal Canadiens have a 2-0 lead in game four against the Winnipeg Jets. Two nothing. Two nothing. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal could be how, how about this? The North Division was delayed because they had to finish the regular season. And and now Montreal's two periods away from punching their ticket to the third round. And that would give the North Division the first berth in the third round. You you can't make that- this stuff up. That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, That's there you go. Ridiculous. How about how about that statistic with the Canadians? Where we, we should get to that point early, early in the second period, where they will have gone over four hundred minutes without trailing in a game. You know, if you go four hundred minutes without trailing, there's a good chance you're going to win a lot of hockey games. <laughs> now you can lose in that regard. You can lose if you lose in overtime, but if you Fair. go four hundred minutes. Without trailing, I like your chances. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Monday, June the on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Smith and Marcia show buzzing in front. Marcia show hat trick. Golden Knights take a three-goal lead. Smith set it up across the crease. Marcia so delivers a playoff hat trick, and the Golden Knights on top of the Avs, four to one in Game Four. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Make a couple of dollars on the side, eh, Chappie? Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. No, exactly, and I'll just say that over and over again. Nope, disagree. Disagree, Chapman. There is a market. It is a very niche market, but it is a market nonetheless of people will pay you to annoy Darren. You know what? That's a real possibility. And by people, I mean me. And <laughs> let's you, talk fair. Let, would, let's talk prices after the show. Would you pay Chapman real cash just to send me annoying stuff? Because I think um, he's already being paid real cash to send me stuff that annoys me, but it's by Lotus. Well, I don't think that's... That's, that's not why they pay me, though. <laughs> I, I don't think that's part this of the is, deal. No, no. The, Chapman's doing all this unintentionally. Just imagine if he's got intent, like if oh, there's no. malice behind yeah, what he's the, doing. The biggest problem is I can't do it like maliciously. Yeah, it's, no, it's he's like, got no chance. If he if he puts his mind to it, oh, he's got no, no chance. Yeah, it's just no, a no, natural like, gift for him. It'll it'll be it's it's not going to be like hey Chapman be mean to Darren. It'll be hey Chapman. Think of something that only you like, like, uh, I don't know, funny socks, and explain yes. to Darren 
all the different ways that you go about picking your funny socks and how you match them with your funny sneakers. Well, it's funny because on Friday night, I wore a Hawaiian shirt with pineapples on it, and my socks had pineapples on them too. Did you intentionally do that? Absolutely, I intentionally did that. Yes, yes. I wouldn't do that unintentionally. What's your favorite pair of socks? Oh, I've got so many. I've got socks with gummy bears. I've got socks with with sloths wearing gold chains. Um, I've got some argyle socks. Okay, can you get into catching up with Chapman now? Sure. That that kind of was <laughs> right. So so U.S. Defeats... Wait, was that going to be it? Was that going to be it? What your your wardrobe was keeping up with Chapman? No, no, no. But oh. uh, it kind of turned that way. I just so, wondered whether he oh. would actually answer the question. Like the, can you think of anything more boring <laughs> than asking somebody what's your favorite pair of socks? Yeah, but not when and, they're my and, socks. And and then when somebody actually tries to answer, what's your favorite pair of socks? And he goes through it. Yeah, that was an exercise you know, in in Chapman right there. So real quick, before we get out of here, I got to know, Turbo tweeted out there was a guy sitting in front of him at the game yesterday, and he said, if Marcia So gets the hat trick, I'm chucking this guy's hat. Guy in front of him had an avalanche hat on. I need to know if Turbo at KC333 took this avalanche hat and threw it out on the ice. KC333. Yes. Let us know. Did it happen? Did it happen? By the way, Robin Leonard tossed another hat, his hat on the ice last night. There's a lot of buckets of there. Yeah. Turbo, if you did it and need a lawyer, call Sam and yes. yes. See? See how and that works? How about it's hard to get hats onto the ice with the netting. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Happen instantly. And they, they just kind of float. It's hard sometimes. You gotta pull a lot of force bit into it. Mmm, yeah. What's your favorite pair of socks?